Amen. How you guys doing? Hey, I am honored to be here. How many of you guys came this morning expecting miracles? So about five of us. How many of you guys came this morning expecting miracles? Amen. Amen. Can we just praise him in advance for the miracles? This is, let's just praise him like he's already done it. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, we thank you for miracles. And even you at home, just begin to just praise him and thank him for miracles that you have already done. Like you have already done it in Jesus' name. We love you. I am so glad to be here. I'm excited. I'm not going to be here uh, really long. Uh, I, at least I hope not. Uh, well, who knows? Who knows? But my notes aren't that long. And I'm the student pastor here. So I'm normally speaking about 10 to 15 minutes on a Wednesday night. And so you guys know that. And so just know that going forward, it's not going to be really long. I have a story I want to share. Um, and, it's, and you guys may have heard this story before. It's a pretty popular one. I've heard it multiple times in my life. And it's about a man who was stuck on his roof in a flood. Now, this probably isn't a true story. Um, obviously, it's, it's, it's fiction. But I think there's some pretty good principles in it. He was praying to God for help. And so soon, a man in a rowboat came by. He was on his roof and the water was rising. A man in a rowboat came by. He's like, hey, come get in my boat. I can, I can help you. And then the man said, no, it's okay. I'm praying to God. He's going to save me. And he sent the rowboat on his way. And so then not long after, a motorboat came. And the fellow in the motorboat said, jump in. I can save you. And so he said, no, it's okay. I'm praying to God and he's going to save me. I have faith. And so the motorboat went on and then a helicopter came by and the pilot shouted down, grab the rope and I'll help you up, pull you to safety. And so again, the stranded man said, no, thanks. I'm praying to God and he's going to save me. I have faith. So the helicopter reluctantly flew away. Soon the water rose above the rooftop and the man drowned. He went to heaven. He finally got his chance to discuss this whole situation with God. At which point he exclaimed, I had faith in you, but you didn't save me. You let me drown. I don't understand why. To this, God replied, I sent you a rowboat, a motorboat, and a helicopter. What more did you expect? So we've been talking about miracles, and I think a lot of times we can find ourselves in the same boat or not in the same boat as this man on the rooftop. And so last week we talked about miracles, um, and Pastor Steve explained that miracles appear in the messy areas of our lives. Miracles appear, appear whenever we need a problem. We don't need a miracle until we are in a problem that we can't fix. We learn too often that, that we, we, we label miracles as coincidence or as luck, instead of giving them the proper credit and the proper due, but it's God doing a work and God providing a miracle. So this week we're going to look and we're going to see that yes, God deserves all the credit for the miracle, but he also allows you and I opportunities to be members of our miracles. I think there may be someone listening who can put yourself in the shoes of the fellow on the roof in his home and, and we are praying and believing for God for a miracle but when the miracle shows up, we send it on by. Just like last week we talked about mislabeling miracles, sometimes we just miss the miracles. We just miss them. 
The guy on the roof was looking for a miracle and he was even expecting a miracle. He even told the people there, I'm expecting a miracle. But he still missed it. Sometimes we have this idea that a miracle from God is something that we are just going to watch. Like it's always going to be something like fireworks. You show up and like, okay, I'm ready. Where is it at? But God is asking you to pick up the match. He's asking you to, to, to put, a, put a little force, to start a little friction, to create a little bit of heat. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And then spark a miracle. But instead, we're, t- we're, we're expecting God to take care of everything. While God, on the other hand, is allowing us to take part and be members of our miracle. I believe that the role we play will help us get our hearts in the right place. You see, oftentimes in the Bible, the miracle happened, uh, before the miracle happened to the receiver of the miracle, they had to do something. They had to do this, and a lot of times it didn't make sense. But I guarantee you that after walking around the temple, the, the, uh, walking around Jericho for seven days straight, at the end of that seven days, I bet their heart was in the right place. Right? And, 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 and you, a king doesn't just dig ditches expecting them to fill with water without it even raining, without his heart being in the, same, in the right place. A man doesn't go to a dirty, muddy river and bathe himself in it seven times expecting God to heal him without his heart being in the right place. The things that God is asking us to do is something that he wants, he, he, it's, it's helping us get our hearts in the right place. You see, I think most of us what we would have done was we would have walked around one time, walked around Jericho one time. You know, I'm only just uh, all right. Well, nothing, nothing's happening. Why am I doing this? God wouldn't want me to do that. That's silly. So I'm, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Or maybe, maybe we would have said, you know, I, God, I want, I want you want me to dig ditches. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna dig ditches. This is hard. All right, I got one. All right. I got one done. God, God wouldn't want me to do anything hard anyway, because God wants my life to be good. He doesn't want me to go through trouble. He doesn't want me to, to, to experience pain. What if we would have walked up to the Jordan River and said, nope, that water's dirty, and Walmart is out of paper towels and hand sanitizer. <laughs> so I'm not getting in. See, God is asking us to be members of our miracles, not so he can do some, not just so he can do something for us, but he wants to do something in us. He wants to do something on the inside of us first. See, there's a lot of miracles in the Bible to choose from, but today we're going to look at the life of Elijah. God had instructed Elijah to go to this town um, called, in, a town in Sidon, and he, want, he was instructed to find a widow who God had commanded to find him, to give him food. And so he, he goes to this town and he finds her and he asks, him, he asks this widow to give him water and give him some bread. And then we're going to pick up on her reply in, in 1 Kings chapter 17. Before we get into this, let me pray over this scripture and just pray that God will open up our, our, our hearts to hear and receive God. I just thank you that it's not my words that we hear this morning, but it's your word and your truth. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So 1 Kings chapter 17, starting in verse 12. It says, as surely as the Lord your God lives, he, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar 
and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do what you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was, so there was food every day for Elijah and, and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. And that takes me to my first point. Faith is found in the first fruit. Faith is found in the first fruit. You see, she, she wasn't all the way sold at the beginning. When, when Elijah said, hey, can you go and get me some water? And, and while you're at it, can you bring me some bread? And then she came back and told him, you know what? I, only, I barely have enough bread for me and my son. What we were going to do, we were going to go home and we were going to eat. And we were going to have our last meal and then we were going to die. So she wasn't all the way sold at the beginning. And so I I think a lot of us can can put ourselves there. To where we may not always be as willing at first. Just like this woman. But she went back and she did did what, what Elijah requested. She made him food first. Before that miracle took place. Now I'm telling you, there's times where I wake up in the morning and, I, and I'm having waffles. And there's like maybe four waffles in the freezer. How many of you guys have ever been there? And my son, he's like, I want a waffle. He doesn't say I want a waffle, he just says waffle. And I'm like, we got oatmeal in, in there for you. You like, can I just give you a banana and some oatmeal? He's like, waffle, waffle. I'm like, mmm. I can, and I have waffles. And if, even if I didn't have waffles, I could go to the store and get waffles. But sometimes it's hard for me to say, you know what, I'm going to make him a couple waffles and I'm going to just, just eat two. Or maybe I'm just going to eat one and a half. But sometimes that's hard. So I can imagine what this woman felt, this man that she just met. And it's her last meal. And, and she said, God is asking me to give you some food first before me and my son eat. That doesn't make sense. See, if we don't comply with giving God the first fruit, then I ask, where is your heart? Is your heart in the right place? Because if you give God the first fruit, that's a that's a heart thing to say, you know what, your heart is in the right place. You see, we can probably stop and spend a lot of time talking about that. But I'm not going to. You see. It's hard for, it's hard, like, I, like it's hard for me to share a waffle with my son. Sometimes it's hard for us to give tithe. Sometimes it's hard for us to give time. I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't have a lot of time this week. I got a phone call. Someone has a need. They want me to come talk to them about their marriage. They want me to, they, they want me to, to go buy them groceries. I, don't, I, I just don't know if I have enough. I don't know. I don't know. But, but, but maybe you're on the other side and you're in lack. It's like, God, this person's asking me for some of what I don't have. And you make excuses or 
don't give your tithe or don't give what God is asking. And, I'm not, and, I, and this isn't only about offering. It's about your heart. So if you're in the store and God has asked you to give someone groceries in this time where, where everyone is struggling, a lot of people don't know what's going to happen next month, what's going to happen two months from now, if they're going to have a job, if they're going to have a paycheck, and you're in the store and you see this family picking and choosing what they want to buy, and maybe God gives you the unction, like, hey, I want you to buy their groceries. Sometimes that's happened. Has that ever happened to any of you guys? You guys ever been there? What's the first thought that usually comes to your mind? It's like, I could, but they're all the way over there. I'm probably not even going to get to them by time. And, and well, I don't even know how much stuff they need. You know, you begin to make these excuses. And then you be like, you know, what? I got to make sure I get my stuff first. But then my question to you is like, when did you become your source? That goes back to what Pastor Steve was talking about last week. We don't need a miracle if it's a problem that we can take care of. I think we're trying to take care of a lot of the problems that we should just give to God because he's our source. How many times have we missed a miracle because we didn't step out in faith? Maybe you can say, you know what, I've been stepping out in faith. I've been doing, I've been giving the first fruit. I've been doing all of these things. God asked me to do it, I'm going to do it. I've been doing it. Well, I'm here to tell you, do not grow tired in well-doing. Because I bet you, the Israelites walking around on day five, they probably got tired. It's like, we've been doing this day after day, and I don't even see a change. It actually seems like things are getting a little bit worse. There's more people up there watching this. There's more people that are probably insulting us. There's more people that are, that are probably maybe throwing things at us. There's more people that are against us. I don't know if this is even making a difference. Maybe I should stop. This is getting harder. What if it was on day seven, and they walked around five times, and like, man. No, nothing is changing. Well, what if you're Naaman and he's bathing in the Jordan River and he's on his fifth dip? He's like, you know what? I would think that there would probably be a little bit, a little bit more happening right now. Maybe I should stop. This isn't working. What if they would have stopped? What if they wouldn't have done? What if they wouldn't have completed the work that God had called them to? What if that's where you are? What if you're on day five? What if you're on lap number six and you're about ready to come around? But what if you stop just before? Do not grow tired and well-doing because God wants to do something in you. He's working on something in you. And then, and then when you see your miracle, when you see it, it's, it's all going to make sense because your faith will be stronger. And I'm going to tell you why that's important here in a little bit. But I want to go on to my second point. Oftentimes, your miracles have mul- multiple members. Your miracles have multiple members. Let's go back to the guy on the roof. He was convinced that the people God sent weren't there to help him. I'm going to say that one more time. He was convinced that the people God sent to him weren't there to help him. How many times have we found ourselves in that same situation? We may never admit it, but we all know someone who has denied someone access, who has denied someone help when they're there, when, when, when it could be someone that God had sent for them to help them in their current situation. They most likely aren't coming by boat or helicopter, but they're coming with an unpopular opinion. They may be coming accompanied with a budget. 
They may be, 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 be coming with the phone number of a counselor. They may, be, they may be coming and say, hey, I would like to be your accountability partner. You're like, nah, I don't need that. I don't need you in my business. I don't need a budget. God's going to save me. God's going to fix my finances. I don't need a budget. God's going to fix my marriage. I don't need a counselor. But what if those are the people that God has sent? Students. My parents don't know anything. I got, they're, they're so old. I don't need to listen to them. No, God sent them. God placed you in that home. And your parents' instruction could be what is on the, what is on the front side of your miracle. What is on the front side of where God is taking you. And before you know it, you've sent all the people away and you missed your miracle. See, God is sending you, and Elijah, are you going to let him in? See, there's strength in numbers. See, we talked about, number one, faith is the first fruit. And then how our miracles have multiple members. Because what if, that, what if, that, what if the widow wouldn't have let Elijah in? What if the widow wouldn't have let Elijah come into their home? Then she would have just went home and made her bread and ate it with her and her son, and it would have been over. But she realized that, you know what, I'm going to do what this man is asking me. I'm going to let him in and I'm going to give him food first because maybe he is here to help me. You see, remember when I said that God wants to do, he doesn't just want to do something for you. He wants to do something in you. God wants our faith to be stronger after a miracle because number three, miracles produce more miracles. What do you mean by that? You see. If you continue reading this text, you'll see that the widow's son grows sick. And eventually he stops breathing. Okay, so, and she gets upset. She goes to, to Elijah and says, hey, what if, why are you here? What are you, you're causing all this trouble for me. It seems like things are getting worse. My son is now sick. And so Elijah takes his son, takes him up upstairs, and then he lays on him three times and prays over him. And then life comes back into this boy. Miracle. But what if she wouldn't have let him in to begin with? What if she wouldn't have acted with her first fruit to begin with? And Elijah ended up going to the next house. What if she didn't do that? What would have happened? This widow would have missed her miracle. Because she wasn't in a position to receive what was next. See, there are more miracles in you. You may be thinking... That you may be thinking that there's more that God wants to do in me. Yes, there is more that God wants to do in you. There's more miracles that God wants to, to do in your life. And he wants you to be in the position to get those miracles. But also, there's more miracles that God wants to do through you. We can't stop with ourselves. You see, just like Elijah went into the house of this widow and performed these miracles, well, God performed these miracles through Elijah. God is wanting to build up faith in you. He wants your faith to be stronger so that you can in turn become like Elijah and be sent into someone else's home and be sent into your neighbor's home, be sent into your, your friend's home, just to, to be sent and go out 
and allow other people to experience the same faith faith building power he wants to do a miracle through you we can't stop with ourselves we experience miracles and our faith is built but God wants us to go out and share that faith I want you to imagine something with me especially in this time of craziness we had a church full of Elijah's experiencing miracles in their own life and then also going into other people's lives and going into 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 where they are and helping them experience experience miracles too taking the faith that you have and allowing other people to experience that same that same faith building power can you imagine if we all went out and then the people we went had that same faith built up on the inside of them and they went out how long would it take before Bethany would be experiencing revival how long would it take before Oklahoma City would be experiencing revival but it's got to start somewhere it's got to start with someone letting someone in it's got to start with someone taking a step and doing something that may not make sense and allowing God to perform a miracle God right now I pray that you would open up our eyes that you would open up our eyes to see the Elijah's that you have placed in our lives and if there's someone that we have shut out or maybe maybe something that you have asked us to do and we haven't done it God I just pray that right now you are revealing those things to us because we do not want to miss our miracles God, we are expecting and God, we are praying for a miracle. But God, we know that you want us to also become a member and not just watch and sit back and wait. But you want us to be an active member. So God, I just pray that we are able to see the Elijahs in our life. And God, I also pray that those of us who you have called to go into someone's home, to go to, to, to call their friend, to, to, to send a text message, to send a, a message on Facebook, to, to, to do whatever it is, to, to, to intercede and, or go buy groceries or, or whatever that you have called us to go and be Elijah to someone. I pray that you would give us the faith and give us the discernment to know where to go and what to do. Allow us to hear your voice. Father, I thank you right now in advance with the miracles that are going to take place not only in this body but in our community in Jesus name I want us to stand and just for the next three minutes or so I just want us to just focus on God and allow him to speak to us because we sing that last song when we walk into the room and, and I think we need to put ourselves into the position of Elijah. 
he was walking into this widow's house with the power of God, with the power that, that raised life from the dead. And so I want us to sing this song and I want us to sing almost as with a receptive heart and say, God, is there someone here that you want me to pray for? Is there someone here that you want me to talk to? Is there someone at home? Is it you watching? Is there someone that you need to call? Just allow God to speak to you. Because I think someone else's miracle could be wrapped up in you stepping out in faith. Or maybe your miracle is wrapped up in you receiving someone into your life 